0: what's up guys welcome back to another edition of the dnvr rams podcast presented by chevalier mortgage the rams picked up a big time win today in boise and overtime, secure their third consecutive 20 win season i posted on twitter it was the first time in program history i was wrong second time in program history it happened in the 80s 87 88 89 should have double checked that looked it up the other night late night after the Fresno State game and I had tired eyes and that was a bonehead move on my part. Always got to check like four times with, with numbers like that, especially when you're looking at, you know, 100 years worth of, worth of information. I looked at it more than, more than once, but still, you know, <laughs> my uh, professors would have been disappointed. Not the end of the world, it's a tweet, but I just wanted to make sure that the, uh, the right information was out there. Second time in program history that CSU has won 20 games in three consecutive years. Anyways, just a a really gutsy win by this CSU team, and I'm looking forward to diving into all of it. Before we do, something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up, it's creating natural equity in your home. If you have mortgage insurance, chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. Look, if you're in the buyer's market, you know how stressful trying to buy a house is right now. If you've attempted this process, I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The, The housing market in Colorado is crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. Just take some of that worry off your plate. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to get their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. They work nights, they work weekends, they do what it takes to make sure that their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. So again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or one last time, go to dnbrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, let's just jump right into it, start talking about the game here. David Roddy and Chandler Jacobs were incredible in OT. Stevens hit some big free throws as well. Uh, just super impressive what those two did, though. I'm going to get into that, but want to start in, in chronological order here. And I, I really felt like it was a great start for the Rams. They were locked in, and, and that was encouraging to see. I mean, slow starts have, have been a pretty persistent problem for this team. And they came out and, and were really excellent on both ends of the floor there. I mean, at the second media timeout, at the 11.41 mark of the the second half there, the Rams were up 10. They were on a 13-0 run. They had held Boise scoreless over the last 4.29. There were four turnovers over that span. So, I mean... The first 10 minutes, it kind of looks like the Rams were were going to run away with it. I do want to shout out Kendall Moore. He actually had eight points over the first five minutes. That's what he finished with. So it would have been nice to kind of see him carry that uh, a little bit more throughout the game, but did have two rebounds, two assists, played 31 minutes, was, was a bulldog defensively. But he really, you know, provided a, a spark for CSU out of the gate. The Rams ultimately went on a 16-0 run and, and got up by as much as 13 points there. And then you know Kudo's to Boise State cuz they survived a, a couple of a shots to the face out of the gate and they responded as well and they had a 17-3 run so this was you know kind of a, a game of runs early how many times can I say run in 30 seconds we shall see uh, one of the things that kind of jumped out to me early and this is just a a note I had here and I won't go on and on about it but I I had to watch the game on TV Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins Colorado one was there he had a great View by the way of that block of uh, David Roddy at the end, and we'll get to that later. But I was really disappointed with the crowd, and it, it might have been a remote broadcast. I'm not a hundred percent sure because the the crowd noise didn't come through. and And Kevin did text me that it actually did get pretty loud there in Extra Mile Arena, and the people that were there were were rowdy and into it. But for a game of this magnitude, for there to be so many empty seats, and you know, especially just kind of the lack of student turnout. I don't know. I thought that was pretty disappointing and not a very good look for Boise State. I mean, it's a clash of the Titans here, and you're not going to turn out. I understand it's before the Super Bowl and people have plans and all that, but you know, you could have still made it in time for the game. There's all the you know crap before the national the national anthem. Not that it's crap, but you know what I mean. All the pregame festivities. Boise State fans sure talk a whole lot of smack about how they're the best in the league, and you know they're too good for the Mountain West and. You know, the Mountain West doesn't deserve Boise State and this and that. And I do understand that they have a pretty proud tradition of of football, at least in the last 25 years. And basketball, they've honestly been pretty competitive as well. But again, you know, why are you not supporting this program? What more does Leon Rice need to do? What more do you need to see from this team? And why would you not show up for this magnitude of a game? I mean, this would have been sold out in Fort Collins for sure. Utah State students would have turned out. Wyoming students would have turned out. San Diego State students would have turned out. Where are the Boise State students at? Anyways, just a a brief little tangent, but I mean, I think we've all experienced how Boise State fans act, you know, and sometimes maybe getting a a little too big for their britches there. And, you know, sometimes you kind of got to take a hard look in the mirror. And I think there's a variety of reasons that have kind of held Boise State out of the college football expansion conversation, at least realistically, in the last 10 years, and, and more of that has to do with media markets and kind of the university itself, but their fans got to show out a whole lot better than that. I mean, it's a, it's a Sunday afternoon game, and again, I get it's Super Bowl Sunday, I understand that, but this was a huge game, and there were a ton of empty seats. All right, getting back on track, you know, the Rams, they came out, really dominated the first 10 minutes, and then Boise State kind of dominated the second 10 minutes or so of, of the first half. They responded with a 17-three run. They they shot just insanely high from three all game long. And, and that's kind of what allowed them to spark this run early. Um, and then continue to shoot high, you know, throughout. In that first half, though, I mean, they hit sixty-four percent of their three-point attempts, seven of eleven, and that allowed them to, to go into the break, only down two after you know, kind of surviving again, you know, to go back to that boxing metaphor after kind of surviving a couple of punches, they didn't get knocked out. They went back to their corner, you know, got some Gatorade, spit out some water, all that fun stuff. And they came back and they came back swinging, you know, they weren't going to be defensive. They weren't going to crawl up or, or try and win on a technicality or anything like that. They, they started punching back and this was just such a great game. I mean, between, in my opinion, two NCAA tournament teams for sure. I know that, you know, neither the, the Rams nor the Broncos, can kind of afford a, a late-season slip-up or anything like that. But, I mean, th- they've more than proved it in conference play in what's been a really talented league. And then they came out today, and it was just a show. I mean, every single half decided by a possession. The first half, CSU outscores Boise State 39-37. The second half, Boise State outscores CSU 30-28. to And then in the overtime period, the Rams outscore the Broncos 10-7. to You know, every single period within a bucket. This was just a great representation of the Mountain West, you know. I, I, th- I think it was two teams that played really high-level basketball on, on both ends of the floor, and they got that opportunity when there wasn't a whole lot of, of competition. I know there's a lot of eyes on, on golf this weekend, and, you know, with a fun tournament, that makes sense. But from a basketball side, I mean, this, this should really have been good for CSU's national perception. What else should college basketball writers have been doing? I know some of them were probably lazy and not doing their job. It's a discussion, a rant for another day. But I really do feel like this was an instance where both teams came out looking good. I mean, obviously, if you're Boise State, you don't want to drop one, but it's not like this is going to hurt them, you know, from a metric standpoint. It it wouldn't have hurt either team. You know, if you're CSU, you lose this game in overtime. It, It would have been really, really tough for CSU's chances of realistically contending for a regular season conference title. But it wouldn't have buried them in the eyes of the selection committee. Fortunately, you know, they're not the team that, that has to, to worry about it. And, and in that second half, I, I feel like CSU, they did score the first four points of the second half, but Boise State kind of built off of that, that run they had at the end of the first half, and they were the fir- the more dominant team over the first 10 minutes or so of that second half. Ended up leading by as much as seven. Uh, they actually did that twice, once at the 11-19 mark, again at the nine twenty six mark of the second half. But after Marcus Shaver Jr. made a free throw to put Boise State up 61-54 with 9.26 to play, they didn't score again until Dagenhart hit a three with 2.40 left. And It was like a seven-minute stretch where they were just ice cold, and the Rams, they couldn't really break away defensively. Boise State, they're, you know, they're one of the, the top ten teams in the country in terms of scoring defense. They did enough to hang in it and survive that drought. But man, that was just such an impressive stretch of defense by CSU, and uh, I'll get into some of that later. Just how important it is for for CSU to defend at a at a high level, because it really is the the difference. The the talent with this group has never been the question. Their ability to score has never been in question. I know they've had some some tougher stretches, but that's basketball. Ultimately, the numbers over a, a large sample size over the last two years show how. How elite of an offensive group this team is, honestly. And I, I credited Boise State for surviving those initial blows from CSU. And if we're keeping it with the boxing metaphor, you know, the, the Rams definitively win round one, maybe even most of round two. Boise State kind of bounces back at the end of round two. Maybe it's a draw. They win round three, round four, probably another draw. And then, you know, the Rams, they pull it out in the end. They they win with a knockout right before the buzzer in round five or, or the bell. Not a perfect example. I mean, most boxing matches probably longer than five rounds, but you you know what I mean. Both teams, they they had to roll with the punches, they had to survive. This was a heavyweight bout between two teams that deserve to be in the NCAA tournament, that two teams that are gonna have a really good chance to contend for Mountain West Championship when it's all said and done. Real quick, I do want to talk about kind of that that wonky final sequence over the last ten seconds or so. Isaiah Stevens kind of drives into traffic turns the ball over and just kind of runs in in front of Kijab and, you know, gets away with a lot of contact, probably gets away with a foul. There was contact there for sure, but it it was pretty on par with how the game was called all day long. They let him go. It was not, it was not what we've seen from Mountain West officials predominantly, you know, throughout the season. It kind of seemed like these guys wanted to get out of there and watch the Super Bowl because, I mean, CSU, they only shot 11 free throws in this game. Hit all of 11 of them. That's huge. Absolutely huge. Boise State, on the other end, they had 10, and they missed three of them and a three-point loss. But it wasn't like either team was making a living at the line. They were letting the small to, to moderate, and even in, in some cases, borderline you know, contact go. And honestly, as a viewer, it was super refreshing. And, and I do understand Boise State's frustration, because again, I just said it. I, I do think Isaiah Stevens probably got away with a foul. If they call it, he's going to the free throw line with a chance to to put Boise State up. But I'd also argue that, you know, Boise State still got the ball back after that with 1.6 seconds. And, and just kind of explaining what happened there. The officials, they they thought that Kijab stepped out of bounds. They didn't call a foul initially, but after reviewing it, they realized he didn't step out of bounds. They can't go back and then call a foul after the fact. But because he didn't step out of bounds, it's ruled an inherent whistle. They keep the ball. They end up getting the ball in. Shaver gets a couple steps past half court. David Roddy steps up. He says, get that shit out of here. Swats it, then volleyball spikes it to the other end of the court. Rams win. Good day. You know, you're going to see a lot of whining on, on Boise State's end. And in their defense, I imagine it would be the exact same reaction if it went the other way. But I also think that, you know, there's plenty of examples. Just about every team in the league has been kind of screwed by a, a call one way or the other at, at one point in this season except for maybe Wyoming they seem to have a a horseshoe up their up their rear end when it comes to getting calls at home but it, it you just you can't let it come down to the officiating you know you, you got to make plays and ultimately you know the Rams had one go their way they had one go their way against San Diego State they had one not go their way against Wyoming I mean it's just it's a part of it the game didn't end there did it impact the game? Sure, but it didn't end there. You still had another chance to get off a, a game-winning attempt in regulation, and you had five minutes in overtime just like CSU did to pull it out. All right, I, I feel myself getting uh, getting worked up like Dennis Reynolds there, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. I do want to talk about overtime. I, I was just really impressed with CSU's composure down the stretch at, at the, in the end of regulation and overtime as well, and really just over the last four games, but I also want to talk about a product that has changed my life, and that's athletic greens. I didn't have time to to eat as healthy as I wanted to. I, I wanted to get better about it. You know, I've been trying to work out, I've been trying to cut down on the junk. I, I want more energy. I've got just a crazy busy schedule with everything going on. You know, an optimized immune system never hurts. But I don't, you know, I, I hate taking a bunch of pills and vitamins. I I'm horrible about remembering. They, they taste weird. I, I really just don't like it, you know? So I, I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. And I wanted to see what the hype was about with Athletic Greens. I've only been on it for like 10 or 12 days now, but I love it. It makes me feel good. I definitely feel a boost in energy. It makes me feel healthy. It just makes me feel good. You know, it's, it's like that moment after going to the gym, even if you don't necessarily, you know, kill yourself, absolutely break it as long as you, you know, bust a sweat, get that heart rate going It just makes you feel better and and Athletic Greens makes me feel better. And the thing is, is I know it's actually making an impact, which isn't always the case at the gym when I'm dilly-daddling. You're probably thinking, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging all the things. I personally just put it in a smoothie. I mean, it, it's a great way to start my morning, some fruit, some yogurt, a little bit of ice. It's it's easy. And what's really cool is it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it is okay with all of those. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial nothing, and it still tastes good. I personally, you know, I've had digestive problems for a long time now, over a decade, I got my gallbladder removed when I was in high school. And Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues himself. He was on a supplement routine that was cost him $100 a day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was. And I know exactly how difficult it is. I've been trying to find things that work. Nothing has really made a difference. I genuinely feel like Athletic Greens is helping, making my life better. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews, so don't just take my word for it and they're also a climate-neutral certified company, so not out there hurting the environment. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water or like a smoothie, what I put it in every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, a bunch of supplements, one scoop, and you're done. To make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash rams. Again, visit athleticgreens.com slash rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, I'm going to talk about overtime and give some more general takeaways on how impressive CSU has been over the last 10 days momentarily. But real quick, people are what make Ball Corp special. People at every level come into work every day and give 100% to accomplish the goals. Our production techs are the front line in our can-making operations. They directly impact the volume of the production we run, the quality of the production we run, and are integral to our operations. Production technicians are also important because as their skills grow, they're able to move into even more mechanical roles. So we've got some more information about Ball. Their golden plant is looking for production technicians. You can read the full online description and apply at jobs.ball.com. Search for Golden. If you're wondering what a production technician does, they are on the front line of the aluminum beverage can production process at Ball's Plants. This company offers a competitive $27.39 per hour with potential for an increase at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. It offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant, and the production technician role touches on the other stages of the production making aluminum cans and ends. This role is responsible for machine adjustments on high-speed production equipment and is an integral role of the production team, both in quality and meeting operational goals for volume. At ball, all positions have importance and impact. This role has skills growth built into it, and many production technicians become maintainers, which is the next step up for the production technician employees who have started out as production technicians have even gone on to other roles in operations and management. This is a position that comes with benefits, including comprehensive insurance, which is active the day of the hire, 401k for retirement, stock purchases um, that are available through the ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. There are major benefits for working for a huge company like Ball. If what I am selling, you are putting down text golden to seven seven two two two, and you'll get linked to open positions again. That's text golden to seven seven two two two. That's two sevens, three twos, or just go to jobs.ball.com and search golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search golden. One last time, you can always text golden to seven seven two two two. Go get that money. We've seen quite a few people post online about getting jobs because of these ad reads, and that's really cool. You know, positive impact in the community. Getting back on track, uh, let's let's talk about how good Chandler Jacobs was in this one. I mean, he scored the final five points of regulation as well as the first six points of overtime. And, I mean, they just they couldn't stop him on the drive. He was just forcing his will, putting his head down. He was creating space. You know, there were a couple times where he kind of went in. There wasn't space, backed out, waited for things to clear out. And then his touch at the rim was just, it was so impressive in this one. Finished with a season high, 16 points, 5 of 8 from the floor. Also tied with David Roddy for a team high. Seven rebounds coming off the bench in uh, 26 minutes of action. Awesome, awesome performance from Chandler in this one. And he continues to just be such such an important role and and such a big part of this team's success. He's a two-way player, had a huge block in this one, had a steal as well. And as one of those guys that's just in your face consistently, a terrific on-ball defender, you know, isn't a liability one-on-one, and, and that makes sense. You know, a guy that's won a conference Defensive Player of the Year award. I know it's at the D2 level, but still, I mean, a very decorated player coming in. But he was excellent in this one. The, the bench in general was was really impressive. He was great. Another really good game from James Moore's Eight points, four of four from the floor. It's great that he's not only just making an impact defensively now. He's actually scoring, making the most of it. And again, we're seeing him get more confidence. You know, I've talked about this a couple times after the the last couple of games. And I mean, he hit him with the spin move today. They didn't see that coming. He had another dunk where he just cut to the hoop and, and Kendall Moore dished it to him on a strong drive at the last second. Just a nice little dump off pass, you know, from a couple feet away. He jams it home. I mean, he's a, he's a force to handle down there. And I think, you know, just him being more aggressive and, and being more explosive around the hoop is a really big factor for this team. And it's, it's going to be something they need in the NCAA tournament. He's got a nice rapport with Roddy, both defensively and offensively. I mean, they just, they pair really well together. And I do wonder if they consider sliding Deshaun Thomas you know, onto the bench and kind of have him try and be a, a six man that comes in. I mean, he he provides a spark offensively. He's improved defensively this year as well. But just with how well, you know, that Moores pairs with Roddy, maybe you consider, you know, pairing Moores. And, and ultimately, it doesn't really matter because the minutes are, are pretty close to 50-50. So, like, who closes matters more than who starts. It will be an interesting situation to monitor, though, because, I mean, they're also winning. They've won four straight, you know, maybe... If it ain't, it ain't broke, don't fix it. They're a made free throw away from being 5 and over the last five games. I mean, this team has just been solid. And and Deshaun Thomas, he hasn't starred like Morris has of, of late, but he's still providing a spark offensively. Needs to kind of hit some of those threes a little bit more. But he had four rebounds, also had a really nice assist in this one, showed some great vision on a nice touch pass. CSU needs those guys to perform well. You know, No matter who wins, point-blank period. They, they need those guys to be impactful because this team doesn't have a ton of size. Obviously, David Roddy is a beast. Jacobs and Tanjay aren't small, but they're not out there, you know, rolling out multiple seven-footers and, you know, guards that are all six six and above or, or anything like that. Like I said, though, really strong performance from the bench. James Moores, Chandler Jacobs. I mean, Isaiah Rivera made some big plays in this one, had a nice three on a, on a step back, used a... A ball fake to create some space. I mean, he's he's playing with confidence. Jalen Lake, we're seeing it as well. And then you know Chandler Jacobs in the biggest moment, eleven straight points between the end of regulation and overtime. Roddy makes the go-ahead layup with twenty-nine seconds left, and Isaiah Stevens closes it out with a pair of clutch free throws. And I don't want to understate, you know, how big those were. That's not an easy thing to do, especially on the road in a in a tough situation. You'll go up and. Hit the game, you know the game's on the line in your hands. If if you make them, you put them up three, and the worst that can happen is they tie it. As long as you don't foul, and he goes up to the line with ice in his veins, and then drills them both. You know I already mentioned this earlier, but CSU hit all eleven free throws two years in a row. They've been a tremendous free throw shooting team, and you know what good teams do—they hit free throws down the stretch. There's so many things about this team that just scream NCAA tournament team. You know a team that could make a a Sweet 16 run, maybe even more, you know, who knows? But talent has never been the question. They just, they had to learn how to defend consistently, particularly on the road and in a really tough league. And and that's a process that takes time. And we've seen the Rams kind of grow, you know, and, and come together over the last three years. Then this year they come out, there's some expectations. They start hot, 10 and 0, get delayed with COVID, which clearly impacted their game and and that was something that we've seen across all of sports. I mean, guys are are coming back and they're they're just a little bit rusty. They're a step slower. But then CSU, they got it going again. It it, you know, it it felt like we were back, you know, to the the winning ways and after a tough one against San Diego State. And then they really face adversity, you know. They they get blown out in a trap game against UNLV, lose a heartbreaker at Wyoming. That could have broke CSU. I mean, that really could have spiraled this season out of control, and instead, the Rams respond by winning four games in 10 days, three of which are against top teams in the Mountain West. Two of those games are on the road. I mean, just talk about poise, composure, and the Rams are battle-tested now. I mean, they've always been resilient. Even in that 10-0 start, they had a couple of comeback wins, and you know, last year as well. They, they've always been a resilient group. They've always been talented but now they they've learned how to kind of ride the waves and the highs and lows that come in these tough league games and we're seeing them pull out. I mean again, they're a free throw away, you know, from from beating Wyoming and being 5-0 in the last 5. Not blaming David for that loss, never would. I mean, they, they weren't even in that game without him. But again, I mean, if they don't go to overtime, obviously they, they come out with that win. And and we're just we've seen this group respond. They're battle-tested, they're resilient, they're tough as shit. And and they're beating really good teams. Obviously, you know, it's not time to start celebrating. You know, the road doesn't get any easier from here. You've got to win a couple of road games this week, and then you've got to host Wyoming. So, I mean, it's just every single game from here on out It's going to matter. You probably, maybe you can lose one. That's probably probably it, and it can't beat a Wyoming or Boise State. And you might be able to still win the league, but that's probably it. I mean, if you want to win the regular season title... I don't know if you're gonna have. I, you're not gonna have to necessarily win the regular season title to make the NCAA tournament, but it would be really cool to see CSU actually finish first in the league. They want to do it. They just they got to keep playing defense. You know, it, it wasn't perfect today. It wasn't as locked down as it was against Fresno State. The game was played with a lot more pace, so naturally there were also more buckets scored. But I mean, the Rams are 18 and one when they hold their opponents under 80. They're 17 and 0 when teams score under 75 points. That's not that high of a number. 17-0 when opponents score under 75 points. You know, Medved's always said it's going to come down to defense with this group because they can score with the best of them. I'm just really, really intrigued by how CSU's responded of late. And I know it's going to be a tough one. They're going to need some help. You know, you need Wyoming to drop another game even outside of CSU. And and obviously the Rams got to win that border war. But... I don't know. I think you'd be a fool to to count the Rams out at this point. I mean, they, they got to keep it rolling. You go to New Mexico on Thursday. Wyoming actually plays at UNM on Tuesday, so that game's worth tuning into. They're tricky. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky matchup, and, and winning in the pit is never easy. And then you've got a revenge opportunity against UNLV on Saturday, and that game's not going to be easy either. But I, I bet we get a pretty focused CSU in that game, to, to say the least. Wyoming plays at UNM on Tuesday. Boise State plays at Air Force on Wednesday. They then host Utah State on Saturday. It's it's going to be a sprint, you know, to the finish here. It's it's going to be interesting to see who can survive it. You know, who cannot take a, a bad loss. You know, Boise State hosting Utah State, snow walk in the park next week, and then that's kind of the point I've been emphasizing. Throughout, it's why I wasn't panicking after CSU lost back-to-back league games. Did it make it tougher? Did it put them in a a more difficult position? Absolutely. I said that in the moment. But I also said these teams all have to play each other, and they do, and we're seeing it. They're going to have rough stretches. That's what happens when your league is as good as the Mountain West is this year. Anyways, it's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the Mountain West tournament, uh, especially. It's going to be an absolute blast going to be great to be back out there again. It was so weird watching from home last year. I hated it. Really hated it. But I'm um, looking forward to it. Had a blast today. This was a big win. Make sure you keep up with all the written post game content. And we have some huge guests coming up on the Rams pod this week. And I know you are, are not going to want to miss it out. I, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but keep an eye on that feed. I right, much love y'all. I only seen the- they don't come to me. I'm staring at this page, and I swear it stares back at me. Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings. It's been 35, and I ain't even wrote like half a thing. Rhymes that make sense, but more lines that didn't. I was walking with my headphones heavy, bumping pivot, simplistic white pages. They dreaming we were famous. They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas. And features those ain't favors. My mood rings and alligators, spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater. Staring at white paper, it's habitual behavior check the flavor that's some sage advice but confidence a great disguise and certain lines are idolized like yeah i'm fine and i don't mind it's out of sight it's out of mind and i've been dwelling on my past just to see what i can find lost and found memories of places i designed in my imagination's different now but i swear that